Matthew. Jesus said to the disciples, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was, it, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when, when was it that we saw you as a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? The king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Assertions, declarations on this last Sunday of the church year. In all three of our readings we've heard today about God saying, I'm going to be their shepherd after so many kings, earthly kings, proved to be such poor shepherds. I'll be their shepherd, and then we can't help but think about Jesus' saying, I am the good shepherd, and so it, here comes God to be the shepherd in Jesus, and we hear that proclaimed in the second reading with the high Christology, we would say, in the apostle, from the Apostle Paul, that all things, all things, let's see, Yes, it doesn't want to work, Teresa. Go to the next one. There we go. That all things are under his feet. Um, uh, all things, he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And Jesus himself is the fullness of God in the flesh. These are some amazing assertions. And then Jesus, we hear from the parable of the sheep and the goats where Jesus stands, the son of man stands to judge to judge 
the, the world. And so Jesus is that judge. So if we go to the next couple of slides, let it be known from the, that how Jesus is king is different than how the world lusts for power and how the kings and queens of this world grab on to power. And we think about all the battles for power that go on. In the midst of all of that, there's an assertion that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. So let it go out to the halls of power and to the fortress tower that Jesus is the Lord. That's the assertion we make. The gospel, after all, is an assertion, is a promise, is a proclamation. It's words into your ears. So, yes, indeed, let the universities and the schools and the homes and all the organizations know that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is Christ our sovereign, Christ our king. But like I say, Jesus' rule is a little different. His rule has to do with thorns. That's his crown and a cross. Jesus says this himself. My kingdom is not of this world, in John, he says that. And then he goes out proclaiming the kingdom of God in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as well. And we hear that the kingdom has come, it's near. But nothing really has changed in the world. We see people being healed, we see Jesus preaching, but it's actually see through his presence and his words that his kingdom begins to reign on this earth and on our lives, but it's hidden. It's hard to see. It's not as evident as, as what we might see in the halls of power throughout the world and governments and people um, and Microsoft and Amazon and all the, the head CEOs and where all the big power where it seems like they have control. No, Jesus' kingdom is hidden amongst words a proclamation of what God did in him 2,000 years ago. And that kingdom has come to you and I, and it has claimed our lives. It has made an assertion over us. But this is not good news to the old self. The old sinful self wants to be in charge. Put a little sticker on here. I'm in charge. <laughs> you want to know human nature, there it is. There it is. Our world is full of power battles and the consequences of them, sometimes horrible like we see today. We want to be in charge. We don't want to have a king. I'm going to make an assertion, which is kind of maybe, I don't mean to be too judgy, although Jesus is pretty judgy today. There's all kinds of reasons people don't want to follow Christ and don't believe in God and all of that, but I think it comes down to this one. If God is not in charge, then who gets to be in charge? We do. And our human nature doesn't like that. Well, if any word from God will put to death our want to be in charge, it is, in our view of power, it is the gospel reading today. And I know that's what's still ringing in your ears, 
the sheep and the goats, and you want to know, am I a sheep or am I a goat? Now, when I was in Maui recently, I got to visit a wonderful goat farm, and I met this other goat. You can go to the next one, and I mean, just adorable. Got to feed this goat. What does Jesus have with goats? I mean, this is just, no, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm just, he's just telling a parable. There's nothing wrong with goats. There's nothing, the sheeps are great, but there's this distinction between sheep and the goats. And when we hear the, the critical nature, this is a judgment, we go, wow, am I a sheep or am I a goat? And I want to be a, I don't want to be a, a goat. I want to be a sheep. And we immediately, wanting to be in charge, start saying, okay, I, let me do this and this and this and this, and I better, take, I better go to the prison, I better feed the, you know, the poor, I better clothe the naked, I better start doing this more than I am or I'm in big trouble. Well, is that what this parable is really about? Take note at the beginning where Jesus says, come blessed of my Father, inherit You've been blessed. He started the gospel. His, in Matthew, Jesus starts out by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, there's a proclamation that those who are sheep are blessed and they inherit. They don't earn. And then note that the sheep who do clothe Christ in their neighbor, in the poor and in the suffering and in the imprisoned, they do it without even knowing they were doing it. That's what we're getting at here. What's going on in this parable? It's a gift. Because you might think, aha, see, those Lutherans were wrong. You aren't saved by grace through faith. You got to do stuff. Luther got it all wrong. But actually, this parable is much deeper than that. This parable is about where Christ is found. And Christ is found in our hurting, suffering neighbor. That's the locus of where things are at. And this congregation knows that. And churches throughout the world and through all of history have known that when they're at their best. And you think about all the compassion and care that comes through all the various congregations and, and throughout all the world. Where would this world be without the Christian church's actions of compassion and care for the poor, for the imprisoned? I mean, we know that's where it's at. It's our neighbor. That's what God is concerned. If we want to talk about works, that's what we talk about. We talk about our neighbor. But does doing all of those good things make us right before Almighty God? Well, let me tell a story about a man and his dog. This man... Um, had a wonderful bulldog. It was a pretty large bulldog. And not to be stereotypical to all you bulldog lovers, but this dog looked kind of ferocious. And it would, with the man, and this man would walk down his local park, and he'd walk the path, and everybody would look at this man and his dog. And other owners with their dogs would just kind of go around this dog because this bulldog was something to be reckoned with. And the man kind of knew it, and he loved seeing all the attention that came to him, this bulldog. One day, though, as he's taking his daily stroll through the park, on his throne, in charge of the park with his bulldog, 
there's another older man sitting at the park bench, and he's got his dog sitting on his lap, and everyone is looking at this dog, and it's kind of an ugly dog. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like a dachshund, but long snout. It's kind of yellowy, and I mean, it's just a mangy, ugly-looking dog. But everybody's looking at this dog, and this man sees that, the man with the bulldog, and he's like, what's going on? How dare these people be looking at another dog than mine? And so he goes up to the man with the mangy-looking dog in his lap, you know. And Spike is right now. Yeah, his name is Spike. The bulldog's name is Spike, of course. And he just says, Spike gives him a little signal. And Spike gives this old man with his mangy dog a little, Arr! And the old man looked up at the man with the bulldog and said, I wouldn't do that. Well, who does this old man think he is? And that just incensed the man with the bulldog. And he said, all right, Spike, give him a good one. And Spike went, Arr! And the old man with the mangy dog said, oh, sir, I really wouldn't do that if I were you. Well, the man with the bulldog had, he was, he's bananas about the whole thing. He'd had enough. And he said, Spike, sick him. And Spike jumped into the lap of the old man and there was growling and yelping and just all kinds of blood. Oh, it was ugly. It was just, and the big fight went on right there. And then when it was all over, there was Spike, the loser, yelping, whining. And the man with Spike looked at the old man with that mangy dog in his lap and said, what kind of dog is that? And the old man said, well, before I cut off its tail and painted him yellow, he was an alligator. <laughs> I love that story. But I love it, and I tell it at this moment because Jesus' words in this parable humbles us, and if we think we're going to get into the heaven by our own works, well, how are you doing with your neighbor? And the truth is we all fall short. But that's what Jesus does when he preaches the law. And it tears us up, and we think we're in control, and we're in charge, and we run into a mangy, hidden, powerful creature. But here's the good news for you today. After the tussle and the battle, and we're tore up by the law, he doesn't leave us there. He takes us to the waters of baptism, and he washes our wounds and forgives our sins and says, I claim you as my own, and I forgive you, and I make you whole, and he heals us, and where there's no more scars, no more wounds, he took them all on his cross and gave us his 
righteousness. That's what I get to declare to you. So here's the good news for you. That's true for you. You know what? God doesn't need your good works. God had Christ, and that's what Jesus did. But boy, your neighbor needs your good works. That's what Jesus is talking about today. Amen.